Thank you so much to Noel and Adani. And thank you to each of you for just joining your hearts together with one another. Um, and with the Spirit of God. You know, like, God looks at the heart, so it's not like any person can know who's genuinely worshiping. And I certainly wasn't trying to make that call, but um, as I came in from the bathroom through the door, uh, I just looked out and I saw authentic engagement with God. Not just um, polite participation, um, you know, in a, a church meeting. And... Um, Man, David said in Psalm 27, this is my one desire, my one thing, just to be in God's presence forever, to look at him and to ask him questions. So that was Psalm 27. And then he said in Psalm 16, Lord, and I'm paraphrasing here, your people, those who belong to you, they're the excellent ones. And in them is all my delight. David, which was it? Your, all your delight was in looking at the Lord or all your delight was in the Lord's people? And I believe the answer was yes. Yes to both of those. Because Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God with everything, but then to love your neighbor as yourself. And David's an Old Testament um, picture of Jesus who so desired God Himself above all. But then like right next to that, which is exactly God's heart, if you gaze at God and really engage with Him, what's going to happen? Direct result is you're going to just be overwhelmed with delight in people. So, it is an indescribable privilege to be a part of this community. On that note, thank you for those of you who were a part of the retreat, those of you who led in different ways, and everyone who just showed up. Um, it was just perfect. And Karis articulated it in the post. I don't know if you saw. She said something like it was like a Goldilocks day. It was just right. The weather, um, each thing that we did, it's just perfect. Um, on that note, Karis, do we have announcements? Bingo. Ah, lo siento, mi daughter. Okay, so we were looking for a place to meet um, on November 4th because they have a, um, a wedding in here. So we found a place to meet, and we're going to meet out at Adventure Serve in the upper room. They call it the great room. So that's really exciting. Um, a lot of us have been there before. Um, so we're going to meet there November 4th. 
normal time, everything like that, there is going to be another group down at the fire pit who will overlap with us for like an hour. I think it's Generations Church in Nicholasville maybe. Um, and they don't mind if we don't mind. But I just thought, especially for those of us who have kids, just knowing that there's going to be another group there at the same time. Um, and to also make sure that the fire pit area is open for them for whatever it is that they're doing. And also parking. We may need to be creative. They're going to get there first. So we just need to be respectful about where we park, make sure we don't block off anything. And if it's wet, make sure that we're not parking in the grass in a really messy way. But besides that, we really can park wherever we want. So that's the fourth. And then we're having Friendsgiving, November 18th. So that will be our worship meeting for the night. And that is also going to be an adventure serve. And this is um, this is a little, I don't know what the phrase is, but it, we had this in the past too. So it was out in the camp kitchen, I think. We've had it a couple places there. Um, so it'll be in the camp kitchen, which is the building right beside the bathrooms, the public outside bathrooms. Um, and there's like space for 50 so invite friends, family, whomever to come to Friendsgiving, and we will have a sign-up for that. But if you already know what you want to bring and you're like, I've got dibs on the turkey, text me. And then I'll, when I'll, I'll send out the sign-up, and it'll list out different areas that we'll need and that, that we'll need filled. Does anybody have questions about the 4th or the 18th? If you've never been in the upper room, the great room, it is in that since it's just next week, it's in that big white building that has the adventure sign in the front made out of cool stuff like forks and pieces of metal and stuff like that. Um, and it's got the two ramps on either side to go into it. That is the, the building it's in, but you go up the stairs, either on the right or the left, to get up to the great room upstairs. It says King's Hall on it. It is called King's Hall, King Hall, something like that. Um, we may need to set up chairs because I think it's set up. Has anybody been there recently? I think the most time, last time I was in there was just some couches around it. Meg, have you been up there? Okay. So, but they have chairs. It just may need to be set up with chairs. Um, also, parents, they do have some game rooms that we're allowed to go in, so they'll be unlocked. But the kids will probably need a little more monitoring because they do have some video games in some of the game rooms. So. <laughs> I should have texted that privately. <laughs> uh, so we're allowed to use them. The kids are allowed to use them. I just wanted parents to know so that they were used at parental discretion rather than kids' excitement. <laughs> I'm so glad you're listening to the announcements, Isaac. I love it. This is a good way to tell who's paying attention, and Isaac is paying attention. So two points for Isaac. Thank you. Um, I think that that's the big stuff on the announcements. Um, we're, Trevor already mentioned, but for those of you who aren't here, we're really happy to have Davis and Gracie here from Georgia. So um, please welcome them and pray for them if you get the chance. We also have a very special visitor back there by Naomi. Um, did you get my text? No. Okay. Would you like to come up and share real quickly about what's going on and the work you're doing in the Congo right now? Okay. <laughs> come on up. Hey, 
Thanks. <laughs> yeah, this Naomi just told me a minute ago. By the way, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Naomi's mother. I think my my husband was here a couple three weeks ago. <laughs> We're crisscrossing, and uh, I'm going home on Monday, and then the week from Monday or from Tuesday, I will be going to Congo again. What is happening in Congo? Well, um, when before my father passed away as he was a missionary in the Congo, um, set up a lot of different, a lot of churches there. And uh, one of his um, dream was to have a hospital boat on the Congo River. And uh, he was starting to raise uh, funds for that and he died before. So with mother and the sisters and the husbands, we decided to make an, have an organization in order to continue his dream. Um, because it's, it was like a personal dream. It wasn't the church's dream per se. So the churches, yeah, maybe had the people from the church had that same vision, but not necessarily the pastor who was going to take over and so forth. So yeah. Anyway, so we decided let's do it this way. And, um, before, uh, so we started in 2018, uh, our first, um, action, we call it, and uh, we don't have a boat yet, I have to say. Uh, the, we didn't, never had sufficient funds to, to buy a boat, and besides the funds to buy a boat, you need to run the boat, you need to maintain the boat, you need to be there. It's a huge project, and uh, we are, we're just a few of us, some in Congo, some in France, some in Germany, and we were spread all over the world. Um, so we wanted to start working with uh, a specific need of the medical need in the country. So the Ministry of Health told us they really needed eye care or dental care. That was primary focus. So we chose to start with eye care. And um, we worked with a um, ophthalmologist locally and um, we went to a city near the Congo River, and we went there several times. And after consulting, and we decided, oh, maybe we could bring used glasses from Europe, because I live in France, so I would just put them in my luggage and, and hand them over when needed. And so this is coming to be repetitive, and I, I, I go about three times a year to Congo, and I always bring back lots of... Uh, glasses, used glasses, uh, through different networks. And um, there's a lot of pre preparation work, of course, for that. But so that's every time there's something new. And then uh, another time was like, well, there's so many cataracts. And these people are blind because of cataracts. There's no, they don't have the funds to go to the capital city and have the cataract uh, taken care of. So we started doing cataracts on a, a low, uh, not many, but just a few, a few at a time. And um, yes, it was corresponding to a, a very big need. And then we went to another city that had never seen, anyways, just to say that there's a lot of work. Don't need to give you all the details. Um, yeah. So I'm going back. Uh, we have um, there is a, a foreign ophthalmologist. He is from Paraguay. Uh, he was basically saying to the people because he worked 
in uh, Bolivia, and they overturned um, the economy, basically, in Bolivia by uh, returning the sight to the people who were um, blind because of cataract. They have they had done a big impact in that country. And uh, he also trained a lot of ophthalmologists there to do the same kind of work and train more. And so when I met him in Congo, he told me, yes, uh, we came to Congo, we don't speak the language, but God, I had told God I will go where they need me. So uh, Congo was a destination. So since July, we've been working with them um, very closely. Uh, to say that we are working, every time going higher, higher. And he's also very much motivated in having a boat because he's actually living there. He's my age, our age, Jamie and I, his, his wife. He's got all his family in Paraguay and, and maybe Europe. So, yeah, um, but he has the same vision, is to help the people, uh, to give him, and also he's a Christian, of course. Uh, we always, first of all, bring the word of a God. I always go medical first, but no, it's really spiritual first, because the most important thing is to, to spread the word. And um, but of course, I mean, there's also Muslims that we we or people that go to other churches or no churches or whatever. So we um, definitely care for anybody that comes. Um, what can I say? So yes, this this person, ophthalmologist, uh, he sees the need of having a boat because the roads are so bad, and transportation by airplane, if you can get an airplane, if there's a flight, uh, it's very, it's expensive, gets expensive. So boat is, is good. And so this is our next level is to get a boat, and should we get a small boat, big boat? Anyways, a lot of questions, uh, a lot of things going on. I just wanted to share with you, um, and also equipment, <laughs> yeah, I just, I had to buy urgently uh, an equipment that costs 11,000 euros. <laughs> so, yeah, equipment that would help us do the work more efficiently. So, anyways, just wanted to share that lots are, a, lot, a lot is going on in the Congo. Um, we are gain, I am gaining experience, and our team is too. Um, so, just prayers. I need your prayers to know what the next step is. And also we need more people working with us in the Congo, reliable people. We need like a secretary type of person, a person that does everything, that sends letters to the ministry. You know, we need people we can rely on also for social media, if they can work with that as well, so that other people can do other things. You know, delegate a lot of the work that some of us are doing. So I covet your prayers for, for that, for that specific need, people need, of course, money need. God has all the gold. I know that there's so many rich people out there, and if they can just give, you know, 5% of what they have, or even, you know, <laughs> one with a few zeros <laughs> behind, it's so easy for them. They can, they just trust their money. If they just send it over to the right people, it would be better. But God knows, and he has perfect timing, and um, he's preparing us for greater things. Thank you. Thank you, Muriel.
the Friedmans, Naomi's parents, and their family are very special people. Um, and they have a lineage of godly presence and ministry on the earth. Remind me of your father's name. Jacques Verneau. Jacques Verneau. Well, we honor Jacques Verneau, his life, his marriage, his children, his ministry. Um, we honor him. Uh, he is worthy of honor. He's highly esteemed in heaven, and we esteem him tonight. And we bless the work of his ministry that continues, and we praise God that he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. If anybody here is interested in particularly talking uh, to Muriel and finding out how you can help, um, please do that. Uncle Tim. Uh, one more announcement. Uh, November 11th, between the 4th and Friendsgiving, we are going to do something a little bit different in worship that evening. Actually, a lot different. Um, Lord's had laid it on my heart to do some prophetic worship that night. And what he has laid on my heart is just to invite anybody in here who plays an instrument, guitar. I don't care if we have 10 guitars up here. We're going to have a keyboard. Connor is going to be playing. I'm going to be playing uh, my keyboard. I think there's a possibility that Zeke may do the piano. Anything that you have, we are going to seek the Lord in a little unusual way that night. That may become usual. We'll see. And um, Travis is going to be involved in, in helping and leading that, and certainly Connor and myself as well. But I just wanted to put it out there. That's two weeks from tonight. And I'll put something on the text chain as we get closer. You don't have to practice. I'm going to put out a little thing. We're going to have a chord structure that we're going to use, very simple kind of thing. Don't worry about that. Just come, be involved, okay? Um, and even if you don't play an instrument, you are going to be involved. <clears throat> you're, you're this instrument. You're going to be praying. You're going to be singing. It's, I just, this is something I feel like the Lord is leading us to do. So just want to encourage you and invite you at the same time. Thank you. Thank you, Uncle Tim. He told me about that idea. I was like, well, that sounds so typical of our atypical way of <laughs> conducting ourselves before God. I really do think God's in that. I'll point this out. Just as an evidence of the Spirit of God, and I've mentioned this about Uncle Tim before with his disposition, his demeanor, because I knew him my whole life as Uncle Tim. And um, the fact that he's just like genuinely excited about something like this, I mean, he likes things, bam, bam, bam. He's a very punctual man. And he was how long a, a band high school band teacher, high school and middle school? 21 years and also a music worship leader in how many congregations? Three at least? Three. And all of them were well-attended, highly structured 
um, services and church gatherings uh, with detailed bulletins and whatnot. Um, and for him to be like, well, let's just tell everybody to come up here and play your favorite instrument and we'll just roll with it. It's like, oh my God, you have brought impressive work to be displayed through Timothy Johnson. Just another um, obvious sign of God's work in Uncle Tim's life, but also his work for us. Tommy's going to speak in just a moment. Um, after we do the kids, we'll, or yeah, after I give the kids a lesson, we'll invite them uh, to go back. Paul and Nicholas are signed up for tonight. Uh, we so appreciate those who love on our kids. Move this over here for a second. All right, with no further waiting, kids, come on down. You know, we, we don't ever want to compare in the body of Christ because every part of a body is important and every person is important. So we're not comparing here, but I think if we had to vote the coolest people in our community, it'd probably be the kids. We don't vote. We don't compare. Okay? We're led by the Spirit. We give preference to others. Oh, kind of not. Hey, you let me know, buddy, and I'll, I'll be right beside you if you want, or you can do it beside your parents. So, kids, there's a story that happens in the first book of the Bible. Who remembers the first book of the Bible? Genesis. That's right. There's a story about a Hebrew boy. And the first time we meet him, he has these crazy dreams. Who do you think it is? He was 17 years old. What? Joseph, exactly. It's got that long O. I know. Those are tricky. Moses, Noah, Joseph. Joseph. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Joseph. We're not going to talk about his dreams. We're going to talk about dreams that somebody had when they were with Joseph in prison. Joseph was locked in a dungeon. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, you know what? All right. I saw you first, you next, and you're my daughter, so you're last. Like telling him that once, I'm pretty sure he told him, he told them that one of them would die and one of them would stay alive, and that really scared him. Um, he was saying there was a baker and a wine cup or something taster before the fair tasted it, so... It wouldn't kill Pharaoh, and he was telling. I keep getting mixed up, and I'm pretty sure he said to the bread man that um, Pharaoh will take your head and place him back. And then he told the wine uh, person, um, he Pharaoh will take off your head and hang it on a uh, 
grape tree or a grape vine. You got so many elements of that story correct, and you named about everything that could be. Did you have something, Hattie? It's awesome to have you. Thank you for participating. You, I heard you saying me, me. So good to have you. I was going to say the same thing as Eliza. Wow. What she said. Well, yes, the cupbearer had a dream. The baker had a dream. And we're not going to talk about the cupbearer's dream right now because I want to keep it focused. But the cupbearer... He did stay alive, and he became Pharaoh's cupbearer again. No, you're right. He did. He stayed alive. You got it right, bro. You got it right. But the baker, the one who baked the bread, the one who baked the bread... Ended up losing his head. The one who baked the bread was not alive but dead. Maybe his name was Fred. Maybe his name was Ned. Maybe when it snowed in Egypt, he liked to ride on a sled. Maybe his name was... Ted. Well... I wanted to use some symbolic language because Joseph heard this guy's dream and this guy didn't know he was going to die from the dream. There were symbols. So I want to say this. Let's move to the New Testament for a second. Jesus one time said, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees. And yeast is what makes bread rise and big and fluffy. Well, Jesus one time used yeast as a bad example. He said, if you listen to those guys who just try to show people how godly they are and don't really care about others, but they want others to look at them and say, wow, that guy's the, he's the holiest and most godly person I've ever seen. Jesus said, if you look for those kind of things, if you think like them, what's going to happen is you're just going to get puffed up in pride and say, man, look at my yeast and my religious muscles. Aren't I the strongest Christian in the world? <laughs> and Jesus said, look, it's not about that. We don't want you to get puffed up. Well, let's go back to the baker. Now, I don't know exactly what happened to the baker to get him in that position, People think, smart Bible scholars think, that he was poisoning the bread and trying to kill Pharaoh. That's why Pharaoh had him killed. But here's the thing. The devil wants to poison your bread. Who is the bread of life? Who is your daily bread? Jesus. He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. I am the bread of life. He said, eat my flesh. That's why we take communion. We take the bread. But Satan wants to say, hey, here's the bread of Jesus. Eat this. That's the sneakiest thing the serpent does. The sneakiest thing isn't him trying to get you to go out there and doing something terrible, although he does that too. He tries to get you to come in here with other people and say, hey, this is how Jesus works. 
He tries to poison the bread of life. And you know what I want to say? That bad baker Satan is going to be like Ned, Ted, Fred and lose his head. Jesus is going to skewer him like a pig. Yeah. Now, we don't want anybody to get hurt. We don't, in the New Testament, we're not trying to see people killed. Okay? We leave that to God. But we do want to see Satan and his demons thrown through with spears, shot with arrows, and maybe we could use some of the modern spiritual weapon like a bazooka. We want the angels and we want God to help us destroy the works of the devil. So, we want the baker and his poisoned bread to be kicked out of your lives, to be kicked out of dwelling ministries, because we want only the bread of life, not the bread of death. No poisoned bread allowed here. Alright? So you guys, you trust that Jesus is going to keep you from the poisoned bread. And He says, look, don't believe those lies. You look what I say in my word. You look in my eyes because I'm not poisoned. I'm the best thing. I'm pure and I'm for you. Don't you take that poisoned bread from Satan. He tries to use it and say, this is my bread. This is Jesus' bread. No. And don't worry about how am I going to get it right? How am I going to know? You have an anointing, First John says, and you know the truth. Okay? All right. Let's break it down on do this baker's bread is dead <laughs> i know I, I i know i shouldn't have gone there but i did baker's bread is dead baker's bread is dead on three. One, two, three. baker's bread is dead amen thank you guys so much did you want to announce, buddy? I can, I'll, I'll be right beside you if you want. Okay, we'll let your mom share. You can be right beside her. And I'll point and I'll say, it's him. That's the guy. That's the famous guy. That's the mighty warrior. So Phineas has something he'd like to share, and that is that on November 5th, he's going to run a 3K race. And he wanted to share that, and he's been practicing very hard. And he's okay if he doesn't win. He's just going to do his best. And he wants to glorify Jesus with his running. Let's clap. Can we clap for you, Phineas? We're proud of you, buddy. And I believe that is a sign of how you will run in victory for Jesus. Oh, we already broke it down. What am I saying? Oh, let me pray for everybody. Father... I bless these precious children with the bread of heaven, the bread of life, and I ask that you would keep their bread pure and let it not be defiled. And I ask that when Satan tries to serve them bread that is imitation and looks like the genuine, that you would expose it as what it is and that you would let them see the bad baker impaled by you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. With no further delay, we're going to ask Hattie's dad to come to the front. 
speak to us. God is going to speak through Tommy? Yes. Oh, Bob, did you have something? Oh, okay. Yeah, kids, it's your time now. Paul and Nicholas. Wait, oh, Bob and Nicholas. Wait, did I get that wrong? Oh, okay. Okay. So, my fifth grade math teacher and the man who used to live in my basement will take care of the kids tonight. It's a winning combination. God's going to speak through Tommy. God's used him many times to speak to me personally. Tommy knows God. He knows the voice of God. Um, I believe this is an appointed moment. I'll use it. I'll use it. Okay. If it, if it, I'm a, I'm a walker. I'll just don't even worry about it. I'll hold on to that bad boy. All right. Give me two seconds here. I'm really excited to get to talk to everybody. I'm really pumped up. Um, let me pray for two seconds and then we'll get rolling. Um, Father God, we just bless you. And God, I thank you that when you're in the room, it's not a fair fight. That you're on our side. So I just declare that tonight, that you're on our side. That you're here to help. And that you're here to just increase things in people's lives tonight. So we just want to come alongside you, Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm just pumped about what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So I heard someone say, I don't even remember who it was anymore, but it was a while back that if you want to talk to a group of people, tell them what you're going to say, then say it, and then tell them what you said. So I'm going to do my best to do that real quick. Um, hey, babe. This is my smoking hot wife, Melissa, which is a really true thing to say, and I also say it just to make her turn red. So anyway, um, so um, tonight I'm going to give like the... the the most brief cliff note version of who we are and how we got here. Um, and then I want to share from a couple scriptures about the Holy Spirit and about God speaking to us. And then I want to talk practically about how to hear God's voice, most specifically in praying for others. So I'll talk about three different ways that he can do that with us. Then I want to talk about two huge fears that keep us from doing that. And how we can just squash it, squash those fears. So, um, and then I'm going to give everyone homework, and it's going to be awesome, best homework ever. Okay, so um, yeah, be excited. It's great homework. So anyway, um, cool. So Cliff Note version. Um, I was born in Lexington. In first grade, my parents moved me to the wonderful place of Nicholasville, Kentucky. Went to good old Rosenwald Dunbar Elementary, West Middle, West High, and then went to WKU. Um, I was, I, I was brought up Southern Baptist. I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I didn't know there was a Holy Spirit until like high school, I think, um, maybe college. My sister got, got whacked by the Holy Spirit and then it kind of made its way throughout my family. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. Um, I was, like I said, I was saved in college, met Melissa in college 
And then uh, we got married right after school and moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina, the wonderful state of North Carolina. And we lived there for six years and had two kids there. And we've had three more kids since moving back here. And we've been here for seven years. It's awesome. So we have five kids. I do remember their names. I won't ask you for that. Um, so we have Isaac, Eliza, Jonathan, Hattie, and Caleb, and they are, I'm going to get this right, they are 9, 8, 6, 4, 2. Did I get it? I got it right. I don't know their birthdays, but I know their ages. So um, anyway, so that's us. And I just want to say, I'm not going to cry right now. Um, nothing wrong with crying, but we've been supremely blessed getting to um, be around you all. I really mean that. Um, whew, I am going to cry. We've been supremely blessed. And um, thank you all for welcoming my family. I really mean that. Thank you all so much. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about who we are and how we got here. And um, yeah, so can anyone give me the scripture verse where it talks about Here's how to get a word from God and deliver it to somebody in three really easy steps. Has anyone got that one? I don't know that one either. Does anyone know the scripture verse where it explains step by step how to get a prophetic word or what it's like when you're getting a prophetic word and then you know that that's God and you know you should go ahead and, and let her rip and talk to somebody about it. Does anyone know that scripture verse? Does anyone know that one? I don't know that one either. So I'm just kind of being silly right now. Um, my wife tells me that my sarcasm is too dry sometimes. So I'll try to let everyone know when I'm being sarcastic. Um, with that being said, though, um, hearing God's voice, it can be a really scary thing. And it can be a really weird thing because it's the Holy Spirit that does it through us, especially if we've never been around, you know, a culture where that is normal and that is easy and that is like a fear-free zone, that can be really, really awkward, right? So what I want to do is I want to read two scriptures real quick, and then I just kind of want to get into practically steps that we can take. Um, and I think this will be good for everybody. I think for some people that this is going to sharpen tools that are already in our tool belts. Praise God. And then I also think that it's, we're, there's going to be some people tonight get new tools for the tool belt. So I'm really pumped up about that. So uh, first scripture I want to read from is John 10. So if you want to turn there, I'll give you two seconds to turn there. And we're going to go to verse 27. And as everybody's turning there, I guess the three main things that, that I would like to say are this is, is one, hearing God's voice is not hard. This is not a hard thing. If, he's, if he calls us sheep, you know, kind of like Travis said, a picture um, of us. If we're sheep, then hearing his voice is not difficult. He didn't make it to be a difficult thing. Um, I'm convinced of that. So that's the first thing. If anyone's felt that way, you were brought up that way, um, I'm here to just stomp on that tonight. This is not, um, this is not meant to be a difficult thing. The two other things I'd like to say before we read the scripture is this, is that I really feel like God wants us to feel his passion and excitement 
And I'm not a big feelings. I, <laughs> I'm not a huge feelings person because we can't base our faith off of feelings. It has to be off of the work he's done. But I also think it's a good thing to feel God's heart. And I think that he wants us to feel his passion and his excitement about us being a blessing to other people in regards to praying for others. And then the last thing is that my, my prayer has been as I've prepared to talk about this, that, that whatever of this is from the Lord, that it just be kneaded into the bread that is dwelling. Just funny what Travis was talking about a minute ago. I was, got really excited when he said that. I was like, Ooh, I hope this is from the Lord. So, but I, I really feel like that as we catch this and apply it, that it can really enhance, um, just our, our lives and how effective we are. So um, with that being said, John 10, 27, my sheep, okay, hear my voice. And I believe that with all my heart. So if you know him and you're in this room and you know him, you're his sheep, period. That's that. And you can hear his voice. That's that. No questions asked. There's, there's, no, other, there's no other thing to be said about that. My sheep hear my voice, period. So that's a good thing. And I know them and they follow me. So part of following him is hearing his voice. And for some people tonight, that's going to get more and more clear. But to me, that is just one of my favorite verses and something that I hold on to. So my sheep hear my voice. If you're a sheep, you're made to hear his voice. Next, I want to go to... It's hard to turn and hold this thing. So I'll go slow. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to go to verse 10. Okay. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is inside of him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand feel like that's a huge word, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So, I'm sure people have written books about that and have preached for weeks on end about that Scripture. And I'm not going to pretend to know everything about that. But what I do know is that as we hear from the Lord and we bless people with what we're saying, like that is us blessing people. How did it say it exactly? That is us imparting things by words, not taught through human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. So when we take steps of faith to share with people what we feel like we're getting from the Lord, that's His opportunity to talk to them and bless them with things taught by the Spirit. So it is us opening a door to the Holy Spirit to come in and do what only He does best. Okay? So those are 
whenever someone walks out from the kids thing, I'm always like looking over like which one of mine is getting ready to come out. So anyway, sorry. I'm going to stay focused in Jesus' name. So, and I think that this is where a lot of fear comes in because I think for a lot of people in their hearts and in their minds, it's much easier just to talk about what, what the Bible's saying. But when we start hearing things, whether it's in our mind or feeling things in our heart, we start to question ourselves and we start to just just freak out and clam up, right? So uh, I just think the Lord takes such great pleasure in giving us stuff to give to other people because it's one of His ways to just bust down a door and break into someone's life, okay? So um, now I'm going to talk about three different ways that God can speak to us and three different ways that we can operate in hearing his voice and praying over others. Okay. And the first one is how I first started hearing from the Lord. Um, I was blessed. I'll kind of jump back a little bit into my, my history. Um, like I said, I got saved in college and um, I got to be around someone. He's probably prayed for quite a few people in this room. Um, he's kind of, he's a spiritual dad of mine and been a mentor for a really long time. Um, and I still talk to him quite a bit. Um, but I, I got, I got saved in college and someone prayed for me fairly soon after I, I was saved and I was dealing. Are any of our kids still in here? Okay. Which ones? Where are they at? Maybe not. Oh, my kids. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm not going to share something that's not okay for other people's kids. That's not what I'm worried about. So anyway, but there was a spirit of depression that, that was attacking me at the time. And that's what one way that, that God led me to him. But what happened to me was is I got prayed for over the phone by someone who'd never met me before. The first thing out of homeboy's mouth was, I break off depression in Jesus' name. I was like, go on. <laughs> like... Okay, this is good. Uh, and, and again, like I'd never heard of the Holy Spirit before. I was like, what, what is even happening here? So, um, and I'm the type of person to like jump in, like rip the floaties off and jump in the deep end. Okay. And I know everyone's not that way, but literally what I did was like track that human being down, even though like people told me not to. It was like, no, where is he? I'm going to find him. He's going to be my best friend. So anyway, um, so. I went and hung out with that guy and he had three different people who had never met me before pray for me over the phone. And the first thing out of all their mouths was a break off depression in Jesus name. And ever since that point, I've just, just been completely jacked up by the Lord. And um, yeah, so that's just a little bit of my a little bit of my history and kind of what's happened in my life. But sharing that testimony gets me into my first point. When we're, we're, when we're hearing from the Lord, and that's He can talk to us through phrases. Okay? So this is where I'm just going to get super practical. Okay? And if anyone has any questions while I'm talking, feel free just to like raise your hand or like interrupt or like say something. I'm not like the preacher teacher type. I'm more of like, let's just talk together. So anyway, so it doesn't bother me if someone raises their hand. My kids do it all the time. So literally. Um, Anyway, um, so the first thing that I want to share is God can talk to us through phrases, okay? Um, I, I actually want to backtrack a little bit. The first thing that I, I, I wanted to say was the first thing that will happen when we learn to pray for people is God's going to highlight someone for us, 
okay? Um, and that looks differently for everyone. For me, I'll, I'll kind of share a testimony from two weeks ago. I got to pray for Connor. It's Connor, correct? And here's how that worked out. I'm sitting in the back row, chasing kids. It's awesome. And But every time I looked up, it was like the only two people in the room were Connor and it's Megan, I got it right. Whoop, whoop. It's like they were the only two people in the room. And as much as I would try to worship or do something else, it's like my heart kept getting drawn back to them. And, and I love that during worship, we're free just to kind of move about and be who we are. So I really felt like I was supposed to pray for them. And Connor made the mistake, hopefully it was a good mistake, of coming to the back to worship. Because I was like, oh, cool. Um, you're going to get prayed for, big boy. So, Because I'd been wanting to pray for him. So anyway, I just want to say, like, God's going to highlight people for us. And if you've had that happen before, my prayer is that that increases in your life, whether it be in this room or whether it be outside of this room. Okay, This is a good place to practice, and we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. Um, but this is a great place to practice. So if you feel like God's highlighting someone in this room, I think Travis and everyone else would agree with this. Like, I would say go for it. Okay, Pray for people. Take a step of faith. Um, but that's what it was like for me. And that's what God wants to do with us. He wants to highlight people. So, um, again, that looks different for everybody. For me, I just kept getting drawn back and kept looking at Connor. And, and I just knew that God was putting him on my heart. And as that happens more and more for us, that's just going to become more and more normal. It won't be a weird thing. It won't be like, I'm trying to worship. Why do I keep looking at Connor? Well, it's the Holy Spirit in you keeps looking at Connor. And the Holy Spirit in you wants out and wants to jump all over Connor or whatever it is, right? So that's what it's like for me when God highlights somebody for me, okay? I know it's different for everybody, but just know God's going to highlight people for you, and then it's our job to take a step, okay? So the next thing that I want to talk about is, like I said, I'm going to talk about three different ways that God can move inside of us, and this is not an... This is, does not cover all the ways that, that God can work inside of us to pray for other people, okay? This is three simple ways and what it looks like and feels like and how we can apply it. So there's uh, many different things that can happen when we're praying and blessing other people, but these are three, three ways that the Lord does it in me most often. So when I first started learning how to hear God's voice and pray for people, I would get phrases, Okay. What's an example of phrases that I remember the first phrase that I ever got was, I see the Lord's righteous right hand resting on your shoulder. The person I was praying for gave me some feedback and he was like, one of my favorite scriptures in my entire life is talks about God's righteous right hand. And I was like, okay, that's good. I'm not crazy. I'm not losing my mind. But the Lord would just begin giving me phrases. Now, what I would like to say is, when the anointing is there, when the power or presence of God is there, it may be the most plain Jane phrase ever, like, I break off fear in Jesus' name. And we might be going, oh goody, I get to pray that. That sounds so normal. But when God's doing that, that's a big deal for people. Okay, Especially like if we don't know them, right? They're just going to go like, what is happening? But when the anointing and the power and the presence of God is there, my encouragement to you would be this. It doesn't matter how plain Jane of what it is you're praying, just do it anyway. 
because God will use things that seem plain Jane to us and will rock people's worlds. Okay? So, um, phrases that would begin happening for me was like, I break off fear in Jesus' name or I break off hopelessness in Jesus' name. And as I began to do that more and more and step out in faith more and more, I would begin just hearing different things, right? My spiritual mentor, I would say that 80 to 90% of what he prays is just simple prayers. Just like, like whenever he's doing like a prophetic prayer for someone, it's just as these little phrases and people are literally, there's like snot everywhere, tears everywhere, and you're just going, that sounds like the most normal thing I've ever heard. But again, when it's the Spirit doing things, when He's in there working on people's hearts, it's a good thing. Uh, the, the most simple prayers can be the biggest deal. So, that's one way. Phrases. Phrases are good, and lots of times it will be Scripture verses. Like, the Holy Spirit will know that like we're more comfortable like saying Scripture to kind of get started off with. So, a lot of times it will be Scripture verses that we've memorized or that He's, you know, you know, used in our lives. So that's number one. A lot of times we hear phrases. So number two, something that happens a lot with me is getting pictures. Okay. So that can be a really weird thing for people. Okay. So another thing I want to do is I want to share testimonies. This is not like, Ooh, look at me. I'm cool. Testimonies. This is like to stir your faith. Okay, so I just want everyone to know that it's this is literally if I share a testimony, it's because I want to stir your faith and just to go out and, and get after it. Okay, so anyway, with that being said, pictures, God will give us pictures. What's some examples of, of us getting pictures? Not, I'll get into examples in a second, but I, I felt like that can be a weird thing for some people to go. What, what does that even mean for me to get a picture for someone? Here's, here's how the, the best way that I can explain it when it happens for me. Oh, they're okay. Um, here's the best way that I can explain that, that it happens for me. If I said, think about a castle that's up on a hill, your imagination would automatically go, like kind of, there would be a picture and your imagination would go, castle up on a hill. Now, when I say that, I think of Mount St. Michel in France that, that I got to go to one time, and that's like a picture of a castle up on a hill that just pops into my mind. Well, a lot of times, as we are praying for other people, all right, there will be pictures pop into our minds, and we have no idea what they mean. Okay, so if that's never happened to you before, I would just say, and this is something we're going to talk about more, practicing, okay, in a safe way, practicing, but I would say share them. So here's an example of a weird picture. And I think Melissa actually had this for someone once. She's like, I see a picture of a cornfield, a big cornfield. I was like, oh, cool. You know, that's, 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 that's the cool one, right? Well, the funny thing was, is the person she shared that with was on a prayer drive the next day and had an, an, just an amazing experience with God as he was driving through, I can't remember where he was, but driving through like endless cornfields with the Lord and had like a huge, powerful moment with the Lord. And while he was there, the Lord was reminding him of like things that Melissa had prayed. It was like, cornfield, big whoop. But the Lord was like, no, it is a big whoop. 
I'm, I'm going to make something of it tomorrow, right? So that's an example of, oh, cool. I'm going to be the person that sounds silly and prays about a cornfield for someone, okay? So um, that's an example of just going, I'm going to pray something anyway. Uh, if I remember correctly, Melissa kind of had to like overcome the fear of like saying that because it sounded so, so kind of silly, right? Um, other things, right? And you never know how God's going to use something, right? So I remember one time I was praying for someone and I said, man, I see a picture of, of a target and the bullet missed the bullseye and it went a little low and a little left. And I had no, I mean, that didn't go through my mind to really explain that very much to him. I could have explained it in different ways. And, I, and, then, and then the Lord used that picture. I was like, you're wanting to hit the mark so bad and God's going to help you continue to become the person that you're supposed to be and after I got done praying his eyes were like looking at me and I just didn't think much of it and he says I was in a shooting competition yesterday and I lost because I missed low and to the left so God was like I really want to get his attention with this so if I hadn't said missed low into I mean just the, the saying like it was so creative of the Holy Spirit to like use that picture with me at that time and show me like where the thing was missing. But that's an example of how God can use a picture, just drop it into our minds, and it can completely jack someone up for a really long time. Okay? So, anyway, with that being said, that's, that's how pictures work. And a lot of times what happens is when we get a picture for someone, God is going to help us understand what to pray for somebody, sometimes it's just a picture. It's a cornfield, and we go, I have no clue what that means, dude. But a lot of times we know what it does mean. And God will also build a history with us with some of these pictures. Here's an example. When I see arrows in someone's back, I know that that means there's been friendly fire in their life. So somebody else from the body of Christ has been shooting people up, either on purpose or not on purpose. So when I see that, I'm just going my heart actually just starts breaking because, man, that person's bloody and wounded and no one may know it, right? But I know it's like the Holy Spirit kind of just gives me a glimpse into the fact that, man, this person's carrying around some stuff. And it's like, well, let's rip those bad boys out of there, get them healed up, right? So, but the Lord, I remember the first time that I ever prayed that and I, the Lord's used it over the years. So sometimes what God will do is He'll use something like that and then let you just use it over and over and over again. Um, I, sometimes I'll see a, a picture of hiking boots, and I know that the Lord is outfitting someone to take them to places they've never been before. It's just, that's what He's used to, for me to pray that over people for years and years and years. So, anyway, I would say pay attention. Like, if you feel like you're hearing similar things or seeing similar things, a lot of times the Lord will use your history of prayer and just make it much more, it's a lot less scary to pray things that maybe we've heard quite a few times, okay? So, that's what it's like for me when, when I see pictures, and those are practical things that we can do to share pictures with people. And again, a lot of times, what the Holy Spirit will do is He'll just kind of give you a little nugget into why He's showing you what He's showing you, okay? So, the last thing that I wanted to share Yes. Would you say it's a 
Yeah, so if I understood your question correctly, sometimes do the pictures represent something spiritually for that person or is it actually something physical that they're supposed to see is kind of what I heard you saying. And I would say that it's both, but usually the pictures that that I feel like I see, it represents something in that person's life. So, for example, I was praying for someone, I've, you know, and they were they were climbing Mount Everest, okay? And, and I knew in that person's life that they had been going after something in God and that's what the mountain represented for them, that they had been seeking the Lord and going after something for a really long time, right? Well, so I've watched a lot of documentaries on Mount Everest, probably like way too many um, than, than I should. But when you get close to the summit, there's a place called the Hillary Step. And if I get this wrong, I'm going to be so embarrassed, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. And what happens is, is you get up to this little like rock face and you got to like climb straight up and get over this step to get the rest of the way to the summit. And the picture that I got for this guy was you've been, you're so close to the summit, but there's been things happen. And now you come to this wall and you feel really discombobulated because you can't see the summit anymore. So it was the Lord using that, that visual thing to go, to, I, I feel like what was happening for that person in that moment is they needed to know that like God knew how they felt and they like knew where they were in a process. It's, I'm almost to the summit. Like I could see it if this rock went in front of my face, but the Lord's going to help me get over this last little hump to get to the next thing, if that makes sense. So I think it can be, usually for me, it's like the things that I'm seeing represent something and it's not, it's not as much you know, like the corn thing where the Lord will, you know, show them something physically at some point. So, yeah. And that's why usually with pictures, there's either phrases or kind of the third thing that I was going to talk about that comes in with it that the Lord will like use those things to help people. Um, yeah. So the, 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 the third thing that I, w- I wanted to share, and then we'll talk about fears that come into play with, with, with walking in this, and we still got time is God will let you feel, and again, feelings, you know, we don't, <laughs> we don't live by them, but I, I think God takes so much joy in letting us feel how He feels for someone else. And... Mm. So... Let's talk practically about what that looks like and feels like, which I kind of felt that earlier as I was sharing. I think that God wants us to know how excited he is when people walk in this and practically put this in, you know, like practically walk it out on a day to day basis. Like I could feel his excitement and I could feel like just the passion on the inside of his heart for a company of people to like walk in that. Okay. And like the best way, like I can explain it is I just see him just, just this passion inside of him for people to walk in that. So I experience that sometimes when I'm praying for people and it doesn't always look like this passion thing. 
Sometimes it's, um, I'm trying to think of, I had examples in my mind earlier, but sometimes what that looks like is God is your Father and, and I feel His Father's heart over you and, and I feel God's heart breaking for how your Father was with you when you were young. Even though He didn't mean it, I feel God's heart breaking for when you were having to go through that. And, and that, that for me is just a really precious thing. It's just a really, really precious thing. And I think a lot of times... God will let us feel what He feels for others and then mix that with, with, with phrases that we're hearing or mix that with pictures that we're getting. And what that does is it will, it will really communicate what, kind of like from 1 Corinthians, what that was saying, communicate what the Spirit's wanting to say to someone. And it just, it will take not just the, it will not just take the, the, the word or the picture, but it'll, God giving you his, his feelings for someone and his heart for someone will just really bring that to life in them. And it will really mess some people up in a really good way. Okay. Um, does anyone have any questions about those three things? Those three methods? Joseph, my man. Hmm. Mm. So if anyone didn't hear that, Joseph was just saying a lot of times God will, will let him experience what somebody else is experiencing. And, and I think that that's just dead on. I think that's dead on. Because like the Scripture was saying, the Holy Spirit searches out everything and He knows everything. Okay, cool. So I want to talk about two main fears. Alright, two main fears that come into play when we're thinking of when God highlights someone or when we're thinking about praying for someone or, you know, just what goes on in that process. Okay. The first fear is actually approaching someone. And I know for a lot of people that like the thought of even like praying for someone outside of these four walls is like, huh, like, nope. Or even inside of these four walls is like, uh, -uh nope. It's like, that's okay. No big deal. Um, I don't know if it was my wife, but it was somebody. I can't remember who. Hey, girlfriend. And they got prayed for by my mentor, and it really messed them up. And then the next time they saw him, they climbed under a table and hid from him. And the Lord actually like led him. He was like, go pray for the person under the table, and it was that person. So, I understand like... This type of thing can be like really, really scary and being around it for a lot of people can be like a really scary thing. So I want to be sensitive because I'm the guy who like jumps in the deep end and just, just, I get really excited about it and just, you know, she's my daughter. She's so my daughter. Um, she's so my daughter. Um, anyway, was that you that climbed under the table? I couldn't remember. Okay, I couldn't remember. Anyway, it's not a bad thing. Um, yeah, anyway, so a huge fear, and this still comes up for me sometimes, is that initial like interaction that you have with somebody. Okay, so let's talk about 
how to practically get over that. One, and this is probably not what anybody wants to hear, including me, just do it. Like, literally, think about it. Think about that it's going to be awkward. Think about that you don't want to do it, and just go ahead and do it. Now, as you do that a whole bunch of times, it will be less and less, like, scary, but there are still going to be times where it will literally freak you out. It happened to me, it was like a year or so ago, maybe less than that. I don't know, I'm not good with dates. But I was in Staples, and I knew I was supposed to pray for the lady who was working the printing station. And it really kind of messed me up because I felt like I was supposed to pray for her son. And I was like, don't even know she's married. Don't even know she has a kid. It's like, how do I even do this? And like, I didn't want to do it. I was like, no, I really don't want to do this. And I was like hanging out in the back, like waiting for her like not to have a line of people because I didn't want anyone to hear me do that. And I was like, I really, really, really don't want to do this. And I think I actually left... And like came back like a day later. I was convicted because I was like, man, I need to go back and pray for that lady. Um, but anyway, with that being said, um, I know that that's a scary thing. So one way to get over that is one, just do it. Okay, talk, just talk it through and just do it. But another way to do it is think of the first thing that you're going to say to them. Okay, I said it was going to be practical. It's about as practical as it gets. For me, it's, hey, I was just praying for you. Would it be okay if I shared with you what I felt like God was saying? Would that be okay? And most people, like, they actually want to know. So the cool thing is, is very few people are going to be like, forget you, please get away. So with that being said, that first fear is probably the biggest one. And those are two ways. I'm sure there's more ways. But my, my, my encouragement would be to you, <laughs> think about, what could happen for that person with you stepping out in faith because they could never be the same again potentially. So, there's some more incentive for you. Alright? The second fear, and this is kind of where our homework comes in, alright, is what if what I'm praying is just flat out wrong? What if what I'm hearing is wrong? What if all these phrases are wrong? What if this picture is wrong? What if all this is just off? I get that. You know, one thing I would say is I, I heard a testimony once of someone who felt like they had a word for someone. They went and shared it, and it was wrong, but the person didn't know God, and the love of God showed up, and they got saved. Okay? So they got saved off a wrong word. Okay? So, get over it. You might be wrong, but something really awesome may happen. Okay? But the best way that I have found to overcome my fear of what if I'm praying is wrong, is to get feedback, okay? It's really, really, really important to get feedback. Now, that might be hard to do with someone that you've never met before, but it's not hard to do with people in this room, okay? So, my incur and here's basically what, what happens when you get feedback. So, if you're praying, I break off fear in Jesus' name, okay? When you get feedback from that person, like, you may have felt really strongly that you were supposed to pray about that fear thing. And when they give you confirmation that that is exactly what they needed to hear, you just go, oh, cool. And that confirmation of knowing that that, that was on really sets you free to do it again for the next person, right? And then it also lets you know, like, okay, like, I wasn't as confident about that and it has nothing to do with them at all. That probably wasn't the Lord. So as you get more reps in and as you practically walk this out more and more, especially when you get feedback from people in this room, it will set you more free to take more risks. And it will also give you confirmation like, okay, the, this is 
when I'm feeling this or when this is going on inside of me, I can be more and more confident that that is the Lord and that is the Holy Spirit wanting to touch others through me. Okay, so let's talk about homework. I hope this is okay to give homework, um, but I'm giving homework anyway. My, what, what I would encourage everyone to do, now you don't have to do this, okay? So if this homework literally just completely freaks you out, it's okay. My encouragement would be pick three people, two of which I would say let's have two of them be in this room and either pray for them in person or record something for them and send it to them. If you get prayed for by someone in this room, make sure you give them feedback on every little bit of what they prayed to the best of your ability. Now, it can be three people in this room. It can be one people in this room. Do as you feel necessary, right? But if you've done this for a while, I would encourage you to take it outside of these four walls. This is where I'm preaching at myself right now, and I'm moderately like convicted. Okay, well, not moderately. I'm really convicted. Take it outside of these four walls. So, if you've done this before, you have a history of God with this, like, make at least one of those people outside of this wall. Cool? Now, what I would like is, if you're okay with being a guinea pig for someone, so, that would be me, so if there's someone out here that is completely terrified of doing this, or taking a step of faith, you can't mess me up. I promise let me be the person you pray for, okay? Now, in regards to... Yeah, we need to stop at seven, correct? Stop at seven-ish. Okay, well, that's what we're shooting for. Okay, didn't want to go up. Um, where was I? I'm going back. Um, yes, here we go. Sorry, I finally got it. Guys, if you feel like you're supposed to pray over a lady, make sure her hubby's there, okay? Or make sure that your wife's there. I'm not worried about anyone doing anything weird in this room, but there's good standards to have um, whenever you're praying for someone. So anytime I send a text message to someone of the opposite sex, I make sure that Melissa's on it or I make sure that their spouse is on it, right? So I would encourage everyone to do that. Um, but with that being said, if there is somebody that's completely terrified, um, raise your hand in this room if you're okay being a guinea pig. Everyone, please look around and look at the guinea pigs. You can't mess these individuals up. They're so good. Okay? Boom. Alright? So, if you're new to this, or this has been something that's been dormant on the inside for a long time, and I think that with some of us, if it has been dormant, that it's going to explode up out of the ground, I would just say this. Pick a guinea pig and go for it. Now, if this is something that you've been walking in like before, I would encourage you to even take more steps of faith. What, what that looked like for me is the Lord would be like, oh, pray for their brother. They're like, no, I really don't want to do that. I really, really don't. But I would take a step of faith. And when you take steps of faith with those little things, it really, it, it just builds confidence and builds confidence and more and more and more. Okay, um, let me just make sure. I'm going to look at look at one thing to make sure that I didn't forget. Does anyone have any comments or any questions about homework? You have to pick three people, two of which in this room. If you're new to this, three people in this room. 
If you're scared to pray for three people, then make it one. If you're scared to pray for one person, then tell someone you're scared. And the person that will like, like kick you into the pool, get that friend and tell them that you're scared. And then they will lovingly, maybe they'll just hug you and jump in the pool while holding on to you. Um, I'm just making sure. Um, okay. Cool. I'm going to share one more thing. Um, this type of thing is a gift from the Lord. And it's not based off of if you're having a good day or not. The Holy Spirit, when He's wanting to minister through you, probably doesn't give two rips if you've had a good day or a bad day. He's probably more thinking, I want to bless this person like, come on, right? Now, he's much more kind than that. Sorry, I'm a little crazy sometimes. So, um, some of the most powerful prayers that I've ever got to pray over someone was I was having a bad day before I prayed it and I still had a bad day after I prayed it. So, this is a gift to walk in from the Lord and something that He deeply wants for everyone. And it's not based off of if you're feeling good, if you've had a great day, if your wife was nice to you that day, if your kids all slept 12 hours and wiped their own bottoms, right? It's not based off of any of that. It's not based off of any of that. Yes. Anyway, might be getting too personal now. Glad Melissa's not in here. So, anyway, um, this is not based off of us and us having good days. Um, and again, if you're scared, um, I would love to talk to you. Um, one of the one of the coolest moments. I, I felt like I'm supposed to share this testimony, so I'm going to share one quick testimony. There was um, a church that I was at, and and a and a lady came to Melissa and I, and she wanted to learn how to hear God's voice. She's like, okay, I've seen this in your life and I want to know what's up. I was like, well, yeah, you and your hubby, just come on over and we'll hang out. I made some like, I made some like YouTube videos for them to talk about a few different things that I felt like would kind of prep them and just like set them free of any fears or anything that maybe they've had in their past. And um, the funny thing, here's, here's the really funny thing about it was when I invited her husband, she didn't want him to come. And I didn't know that. Okay? Like, I didn't know that at all. And what happened was, was this, he was really deeply wounded by some, some weird people. Let's just put it that way. They were actually family. And this whole praying for people, hearing God thing, was like not for him. But what I didn't know is that is that he was really blessed and like felt really loved and felt really safe. And after we had a little while of talking, I think Melissa and I prayed for them. And then I was like, okay, cool. You're all's turn. Pray for me. And they were like, really? I was like, absolutely. Yep. You signed up for it. Come on with it. And, and I didn't know any of this was going on in his life. I had no idea. I didn't find out until later, but he started praying for me and and I started weeping. I had been fasting for something that was really difficult. I had a broken relationship. And I was fasting for that. And the first thing out of his mouth was he started praying about that relationship. The exact person. And I, I lost it. 
And then I didn't find, and then, and then the cool thing was, is I got to share feedback with him and, and then he lost it. And then they got to share with me like that testimony of what he had come out of and how these people who were really close to him had really hurt him. So with that being said, like he's like a great candidate for like the last person in the world to walk in that and to step out in faith in that. And in his first little go at it, just royally just teed me up and like smashed it down the middle of the fairway. And I'm just sitting back mind blown. So I share that testimony to stir our faith. If there's even a little bit of fear in there, it's okay. It's really okay. Like, like, <laughs> I think, I don't know if I've already said this or not, but forgive me if I haven't, I'm repeating myself. Like, we have the Holy Spirit on our team. Like, this is not a fair fight. Like, it's not a fair fight at all. I've already said that. Did I already say that? I did already say it. Well, I'm going to say it again. Like, it's not a fair fight. Like, look who we have on our team. So, with that, typically what I do around this time when I'm done talking is like, we all put it into practice, but it is after 7 o'clock. So, if you feel led to put something into practice, by all means, like, do it. Other people will clean up. Okay. But again, don't forget your homework. And if you are absolutely terrified, grab a guinea pig or talk to your friend that will throw you in the deep end gently and kindly and, and go for it. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to be done. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're on our side and that you're on our team and that you care deeply about opening our mouths and, and changing things around us. So God, I, I just pray that I just pray that where there has been fear that it be gone and that, that we run after you and run hard after you. So God, I thank you for this group of people. I thank you for their heart. I thank you for the, you for your heart for them. And God, I'm excited about what you want to do. So I just pray that your word dwell here richly. Dwell here richly in Jesus' name. A to the men. Um, I don't know what else to say. So. Thank you so much, Tommy. I really trust that God spoke to you. He spoke to me a number of times. Um, and I believe we have a lot to look forward to with more communication from God. Tommy had specific things he spoke to us that I believe were individually, personally helpful and practical. But I also believe that Tommy was standing here uh, with a flag announcing, get ready, I'm going to be speaking to you guys more. Um, not only are we going to be more sensitive, but God's going to be more talkative. All right. Well, remember, next week... King Hall on Adventure Serve, the upper room. Be there. Yeah. Supposedly they got video games, Isaac. It's yet to be confirmed. All right. Y'all have an awesome night. Yes, Joseph, thank you. 5 p.m., same time. Different place, same time.